You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, everyone. This is Tim Mosey, your host today for Real Presence Live, hour number two coming at you. I'd like to thank Rochelle Savage, first of all, for the last hour, talking about the pro-life cause, the pro-life movement. She's such a great local warrior here in the Fargo-Moorhead area, and uh, we just want to thank her for all her work and saying yes, saying yes to the call that God placed upon her heart. Well, when I say TikTok, at least in, you know, the last... 80, 90, couple hundred years, people think of a watch, people think of a clock. But nowadays, if that's all you think about when you hear TikTok, you're not quite in tune with what's going on. And so we bring in Father Shannon Bouquet from Human Life International to talk a little bit about this. Welcome, Father. Well, thank you, Tim. It's great to be with you and your audience once again. Yeah. So, Father, l- looking at the title of your uh, one of your latest columns, uh, Beware of the Dangers of TikTok, I'm thinking, do we have a, a bomb we have to watch? And it, in, in, in some sense, we do, though, don't we? Yeah, we do. I think it's, uh, as you said, you know, you know, to, the, uh, to those of, with a, with a, still with an innocent mind and heart, I mean, you know, when we all hear TikTok, I mean, we think of the little movement of the needles of our clock and the movement of a day. But unfortunately, you know, this social media platform has really taken uh, hold of the minds and hearts of so many of our young people in our society that it's a, it's a great danger. It is a ticking time bomb that uh, that our audience and uh, especially parents and and those of us in leadership positions need to be take very close watch and be much on guard and vigilant um, to protect our youth from the dangers that's being promoted by uh, by TikTok, this social platform. You know, one of the things that really struck me about your column, Father, is this, and I'm thinking, in, in, think about like when I was growing up. Yeah, granted, 40, 50 years ago, but even up until very, very recently, my parents pretty much knew you know, who was talking to me, who was communicating with me, what was, I mean, I grew up, you know, time of party lines, you know, on their phone, you know, and there, there, there was no social media, no internet. But now one of the insidious things is there, and, and people who are trying hard to push this agenda are really circumventing parents and it's happening with quite regularity. Yes, I mean, I think that's the, that's the big challenge. And we know that, you know, for all of us who've been engaged in this conversation, you know, for many, many years, you know, we know that the, the those who are promoting the, uh, the agenda of the anti-life, the culture, what John Paul called the culture of death, you know, are very, uh, you know, creative in how they employ their agenda and how they uh, activate it in various mediums. And we, and, and this is uh, no surprise that, again, this platform, which now has really moved beyond Google, it's, it's, it's you know, when people think, you know, I'm going to Google this and Google that, well, it, it really is a website that many people use, and it's been number one but not anymore. You know, TikTok is now, you know, crept above that, and it, it, it's showing you the influence and, and the very fact that, you know, when I was, I mean, I'm 55 years old, so you're absolutely right, Tim. You know, when I was a younger boy being raised in South Louisiana, you know, my parents, you know, very much were on top of my daily life. I mean, they, uh, the interaction between myself and my parents, they, they, the relationship with the neighbors, the family around, you know, there was, quote-unquote, nowhere to hide. And so that, you know, which is great because there was this oversight and there was this understanding that my parents were concerned about my well-being, you know, even though maybe I didn't wish they were at times <laughs> in the sense of, of their oversight. But in a sense, but that's the way it, it really is. And we have very, very good parents you know, who are doing phenomenal work in guiding their families. But at the same time, you know, these same beautiful parents may have 
open doors to their children unknowingly by giving them cell phones, giving them access to the Internet, giving them access to computers and various mediums to allow the Internet to enter into their homes, into their children's lives. And, and TikTok has found a place, you know, in the promotion of the LBGT agenda, the whole transgender issue, uh, the whole movement of the sexual revolution has found a new place. And, you know, and it's being promoted and, 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 and actually being promoted in such a way as to keep parents out of the loop. And so our children are being formed, educated, if you will, by um, not their parents, but by these mediums. And I, I think our parents and grandparents and pastors of souls who are listening today, you know, we need to take a more active, and I would use the word aggressive, not in a sense of a mean way, but an aggressive stance, you know, to defend our youth and to become more aware of what our youth are being influenced by. So true. Talking with Father Shannon Bouquet at Human Life International about uh, the, the dangers that are posed. And again, you know, you said it very well, Father, but let's reiterate, you know, the Internet, a social media platform in and of themselves are not good nor evil. But the thing that's happening is there is such a great, and let's face it, you and me, we write articles, we do these, we use social media, we use the internet to, to promote the truth, to get out that good message, and as we should. But it can also be used for evil, for, for, for things that really uh, run people astray. And of course, the big issue is that, especially nowadays, with the access that young people have, as you mentioned, to cell phones and the internet and all these things, and parents not knowing about it can get around it. You state emphatically in their father that, the parents should not let their children have cell phones. Talk a little bit more about that and why. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a very strong smart advocate. Yeah. Smartphones. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a very strong advocate of delaying, you know, access uh, to, uh, to to the technology in a sense of. Let me reiterate what you just said, and that is, the the technology in and of itself is something that can be used for good, and we all use it. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm one when back in the diocese, uh, serving the diocese and Catholic education, you know, helped to, to integrate, you know, the Internet and, the, uh, and technology into the school system so that our young people had access. But we also made very, did everything we could, you know, to control, to filter, and, and so forth, to protect our youth from the dangers that are also inherent in that same access. And so here, why I'm an advocate, you know, trying to delay parents is not to give in to to the to the movement of our society that wants to literally put this technology in the hands of our young as as, as almost as soon as they're born and and the danger with this is no matter how good the filters no matter how good the oversight that the the possibility of introducing our young people to these things um, is something that you can't avoid and, and because of, of the, um, the, the, the various ads that are on various websites, the various uh, ways they, they try to, um, to advertise uh, these things and to, uh, to have our young people kind of brought into those conversations. And I think, it, you know, what's so important is, as I said in the article, a friend of mine's brother or friend, you know, said to him, and we were the only ones in school, my kids, without a smartphone. We just couldn't go any longer. And, and I, I thought to myself just, you know, thinking, okay, was it more you couldn't go any longer because of the influence upon your children, or you as a parent just got tired of hearing your child say, you know, when am I going to get one? When am I going to get one? When am I going to get one? So it's, 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 the idea here is, you know, to really be a vigilant parent requires 
tremendous amount. And for those who are parents, you know better than myself the energy and time and effort it takes to, to guide and nurture and love and protect your children. And I would say if you can keep them outside of that realm as much as you possibly can, for as long as you possibly can, then your formation and education and catechesis will better help them that when they are introduced into that realm, they're able to, to, to walk away from it. They know that this is not something good. And in those of us who have been formed in, in proper good virtue and virtue decisions, you know, we know that I can, you know, easily, you know, by my decisions, avoid this and choose what is good. So, but our young people don't always know that. And, and innocently, they click on something, they watch these videos, which may be very innocent in the very beginning, but it just opens up a door of, of opportunity for the industry to then introduce other things, because they click on one video, it leads to another video, it can lead to games, it can lead to other, you know, access, and then all of a sudden what parents were afraid of has now entered into the hearts and minds of their children and has actually come into their home, and the parents may not even know about it, because the kid is, they're not looking over, their, they're not watching, they're not looking at what their children are seeing, they're not taking the smartphone and looking at the, uh, at the history and and, you know, and, and, of course, kids are very, very creative. They know how to hide things, you know, and so we, we, we have to be very vigilant here. So I'm really, you know, being very assertive here, you know, in, in my tone, because we, we know the danger and we know the potential that's out there. And, look, adults, you, you think about kids struggling, there are adults out there who are struggling in that same arena who have opened their doors to, uh, to pornography and to other, you know, uh, things on the Internet that are so dangerous to themselves and they become addicted. It causes the breakdown in marriage. You know, we see sexual exploitation, human trafficking, the whole idea of child pornography. I mean, it's a gambit of issues. So, you know, we need to really be attentive to protect our young people from, from this danger. Talking with Father Shannon Bouquet, Human Life International. You know, when you talk about that tone, Father, and I appreciate how you're saying that, it, it is Atone, but I, I think about my four-year-old son. We, my wife and I live out in the country, uh, a little five-acre place, and we in our house is probably about two hundred feet from a, a, a kind of a main gravel road. And my tone with my four-year-old is quite simple: don't go near that. Don't. Right. And it's not because I hate him; it's for his safety and for his well-being. And I think we're saying the same thing here. We have to have that urgent tone. Our kids need to know how important this is, because we love them. Right. I would, I would add, you know, it's interesting, I go back to my own age of being 55, and the idea here is when I was uh, obviously a younger boy, these, this realm of the web and the Internet did not exist right. yeah. uh, as for us. And, but, you know, there were still other things that were not good. And, you know, so, for example, let's say in the mail that, you know, uh, uh, an advertisement would have come for Playboy magazine mm-hmm. for, for me. You know, right. as, a, as a kid, well, what would my parents have done? First of all, they'd have probably told the postmaster, well, how did this get in my mailbox? Mm-hmm. Two, you know, they would have thrown it away. Mm-hmm. They would not have said, oh, yeah, this might be a good magazine for him to read. I think that's very good. No, <laughs> they'd have been very protective and saying, this is not something good. Let's, let's dispose of it. So you're absolutely right. Yeah, so tr- I, I remember, true story, um, that um, when I was, again, a young boy, for some reason, I, I, uh, Sports Illustrated started coming, and uh, the the bathing the swimsuit issue came, and my mom, a lot of she looked at it, and thank heaven, she and you know, I was probably you know ten, twelve years old, whatever, 
And she says, Tim, I don't think this is good for you. Just quick looked at it. I said, you know, you're right, mom. And she just threw it away, you know? And, and that, that was, again, what, what we dealt with. And our parents did it because they loved us. They loved us. That's wow. Any final thoughts on this before we take a break, Father? No, I think it's just, as we've been reiterating, just the real call here is to parents. Most parents are not even aware of what TikTok is. They, are, they think it's maybe an innocent medium where, you know, our young people are going to download videos, watch videos, you know, and so forth. They really need to awaken. And I would say the same thing to our pastors, you know, to our, our, our civil leaders. Uh, we, we have a danger here. It's a contagion that's very, very serious. And the, and the whole movement that we see in the LBGT movement, the whole transgender movement, uh, the whole uh, Me Too movement, all of this is in there. And people need to wake up to realize what's influencing our young people. And, and, and the fact that we're not talking about a million kids. We're talking about numbers, uh, you know, in, in the double digits here, you know, of 26 to 30 million people, young people who are availing themselves to this platform. We need to wake up. Amen. And speaking about being diligent, what do billionaire Elon Musk and the Catholic Church have in common? Father Bouquet has the answer after this break. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll be back right after this. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. S.J. Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Father Pfeiffer of the Diocese of Fargo, just taking a moment to reflect on the significance of humility in our lives. Humility helps us to offset pride. Pride is an obstacle where we believe that we do not need God. And when we have pride in our lives, we need to ask God to humble us, to help us to become humility. The great example that we can turn to in the scriptures is that of St. John the Baptist. He was a humble man. He did not want to baptize. He All he wanted to do was point others towards the goodness of Jesus Christ and the good things that God is going to do to save all God's people. And that's why we need a dignity and respect for all human life as part of humility. To look at others just as important as ourselves. To treat others. Because when pride creeps in, the enemy wins. And when humility comes in, the heart of Jesus wins. This is Molly Rausch, the HR Director from the Rapid City Catholic Schools in Rapid City, South Dakota. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio. Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar. If you have lost anyone to a sudden or tragic death, you can still help them. Please visit our website, suicideandhope.com, and memorialize those that you love. There is no obligation or cost. You can simply enter their first name, initials, or a nickname, and I will personally pray for them and have a Mass said each month. Please, again, visit suicideandhope.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 
Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Moser, your host today, coming at you from the Fargo studios between the railroad track and the Cathedral of St. Mary's writer. Therese is producing today. Thanks so much, Therese. Good to see your smiling face. That's right. Pushing all the right buttons at the right time. And speaking of pushing buttons... We have. I'm just kidding, Father. Father Shannon Bouquet. <laughs> Father, thanks again so much for being with us. Of course, he is the executive director of Human Life International. Uh, boy, if you haven't got HLI.org, it's a wealth of great information. HLI.org. Well, Father, I read a recent column of yours, and I found something interesting. Elon Musk, the billionaire we all know from Tesla and whatnot, and the Catholic Church agree on something, don't they? Yes, and, and, and I think people were quite amazed. I got a, quite a bit of feedback, you know, on, on the column. And, you know, you know, what Elon said was, you know, we, we have a problem here. You know, uh, it's kind of like, if I may use the, the little cliche, Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> and, and the idea is, is that we have a declining birth rate, which is not new to any of us who have been engaged in this conversation in life and family for decades. We've, we've seen the writing on the wall, if you will, with, an, uh, with a continuing lowering of the, uh, of, the, of the fertility rate in the sense of the birth rates and watching how the numbers have gone down and down and down. And here in the United States now, we have been below the replacement level for over five years, and, and so what happens here is that we're not replacing ourselves, and this is what Elon is really looking at. Now, obviously, you know, he's looking at it from a very different perspective. He's looking at it from an economic, from a social point of view, which the Church does as well. But obviously, the Church looks at this primarily and firstly, you know, in its impact to human dignity, to human life, to the sanctity of marriage, um, and to uh, the openness to the gift of human life and the protection of human life. And so what's important is to see how we can share a similar concern and be able to voice that concern. And, of course, Elon received uh, quite a bit of negative uh, response, which he was probably very much aware uh, that he would receive uh, from the secular world. You know, and you know, and, and the idea that you know this message that he is uh, pushing forward—that if we don't do something, if we don't intervene, if people don't open themselves to the gift of life, then you know these are the inevitable realities. And what we call the demographic winter, the, you know, or the great uh, demographic bomb. And and the idea is, you know, I wrote in another article talking about China and the United States, and the realization is that though there is a very close number uh, in the sense of birth rate that China is higher than the United States. And people were shocked at that. Mm-hmm. And the reality, and yet China, here's this communist country, here's this totalitarian system that's leveled, you know, one-child policies, maybe given permission for a two-child with a voucher, and now wants to try to do something with a third, you know, again, with a voucher, the state giving you permission. And here in the States, hey, we're the land of the free. The, you know, we can, you know, we can have as many children as we want, but, but yet how in the world... Are we lower than China because the propaganda has worked? And this is what, without Eli talking about, he's bringing to the surface that this contraceptive mentality, this anti-life mentality, this fear of having children that's being promoted by the propaganda of, quote-unquote, global warming and the lack of resources and overpopulation, you know, language that has been around for, you know, for many years, that so many, sadly, our younger people are now... Uh, have embraced, 
And so, you know, here is this great billionaire, this wealthy man, you know, this great uh, uh, powerhouse is making a comment that goes against the grain. And people going, hey, what is all this about? And I'm very grateful to him because Mm -hmm. he's raised the conversation. He's he's brought it back to the front lines and the headlines, actually. And I think that's a great thing. And, And I think it's important, you know, for all of us, not only within the Catholic Church, because this is not just a Catholic issue, this is a human issue. And, you know, and if we don't wake up, you know, to what has uh, influenced us and the negative side of what's influenced us uh, in this propaganda, um, we are really setting um, a, a process that is going to inevitably lead us down some very dangerous paths, both economically, socially, communally, and obviously the whole, uh, the, the, the whole ethical, moral issues that are engaged in this, in this conversation. So I, I'm very grateful to uh, Elon. I, mean, I wish I can uh, pick up a phone and call him. <laughs> uh, we might, obviously, we, we would disagree, you know, on many things, but at least I would say, you know, thank you for having the courage to raise up a question. Exactly. We're talking with Father Shannon Bouquet, Human Life International, about uh, the population demographic winter and how Elon Musk, purely from an economic standpoint, says, you know what, we need more people. We have to do this. And so even if you're someone who doesn't have a faith, as Father just said, it's a, it's a human problem. We need more people. And, and we're seeing this. Western Europe, of course, it's that terrible birth rate, well, well below replacement. As a matter of fact, I was reading too, as you know, Father, several places in the world have, like for instance, Russia, uh, about I think 10 or 15 years ago, started what's called Conception Day. They re- Even Putin himself said, we need more people. They have, well, they encourage people to have a conception. I think it's September 12th. And then whatever baby is born closest to June 12th, they get actual prizes, cars, refrigerators, money. I mean, they tell right. we need people. Right. The sad thing, though, is that, you know, I mean, no, no doubt it's having an influence, but not as strongly as we would think. Even yeah. in China, where they, quote-unquote, now have given, you know, two child and three child, the numbers have not changed. And so the same thing is, is happening in many parts of Eastern Europe, you know, where the numbers are very bad. Even in, in Asia, you know, Japan, you know, uh, for example, has some of the lowest numbers in the world. You get into other parts of Asia. So it, this mentality, this fear, this, this social, uh, secular mentality of, you know, and, and with all respect, you know, you know, I grew up on a farm, have a tremendous love of, of, of farm life and, and being embraced with all these wonderful pets and so forth. But, you know, we know the agenda that's out there. I mean, uh, commercials, everything is it really, you know, it's, not, it's about, you know, dogs and cats and so forth. And look, I know you might get some, some backlash from this, and, but the idea here is we have to be honest. You know, people are turning their pets into their children and, you know, in, in fear of having a child. And, and so we need to talk about this and, you know, and, and to really um, bring this conversation to not only to the surface, but really bring it to the table and, and begin to talk about this and, and to realize why are so many young couples afraid of having children? What are the issues? What, what are these fears? That, and we need to address them. And, and, you know, how can we support our families? What can we do economically to encourage families to be open and, you know, alleviate some of this economic burden that, you know, that, uh, that, that we know we have in society. So we need to talk about this, and we need to be honest in the conversation and, uh, and to realize that uh, children are a great blessing, a great gift, and, you know, and to be open to life and, and not open to a number, but open to the gift of life and, and to trust and to, to uh, let the, the beauty of life be that which we embrace 
And, uh, and so this is what brings flourishment within our culture and, and the gifts that you know, new generations bring and their talents and their skills and all that they help and they help uh, the good of society. So we, we all have something to, to gain in this conversation, and so we shouldn't be afraid of it, and we shouldn't be afraid of calling out the, the, the negative agenda that's out there, this, this contraceptive mentality, this abortion mentality, this, this lack of, uh, of, of openness. I mean, you have young people today that are being sterilized and celebrating sterility, you know, because they don't want to add a child to the world. They don't want to be a, add a quote-unquote burden to the world. You ask yourself, how in the world did this mentality come about? And so it's, it's not something that occurred overnight. And so what Elon again has done is he, he's uh, uh, basically stirred the pot. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think it's a great thing. And I think I would again call out to our pastors and, you know, to our, uh, to our religious leaders and to all people, you know, of goodwill in, in the evangelical and Protestant community and, you know, in our Jewish brothers and sisters. We, you know, look, this is affecting every one of us. And if we don't, you know, wake up to this, you know, it, we're, we're going to, to cause a great harm uh, that's already here, but it's going to be a far graver harm to generations that follow. And, uh, and so we need to wake up. We need to wake up. Talking with Father Shannon Bouquet, Human Life International, so true. And just, you know, quick little comment about the pets. Kind of like with technology. Pets are fine. Pets are good. We have, you know, treat them well, of course. You know, we had some pets growing up. Amen. But they're not human persons. And this is the huge difference, right? The dignity of the human person made in the image likeness of God is lifetimes away, you know, just from from an animal. And so we are we are special. And 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 that and that's good. And human life is special. I always ask when someone asks me how many children my wife and I have, I always say, as many as God wanted to give us. And I think that should be the issue. As you said, be open to life. Don't be afraid of it. God is going to provide for whatever he gives you. Amen. Amen. My dad is, my, my, I'm very blessed. My father is, is one of seven to 18 children. Wow. My mother is one of nine, 11 children. They lost a couple. But you know, uh, and, and again, I, I, you know, when I talk about these stories, I don't make the number the issue. The very fact that my grandparents were open, they, yeah. they were welcoming life. They, they, and we grew up on farms. We grew up, you know, with all these beautiful pets and all these beautiful animals. We grew up, you know, supporting each other, loving each other, caring for each other. So it's a, not a question of number, like you just said. It's a question of whatever God is allowing, and I'm open, I'm receptive, and I will use my gifts wisely and prudently and, and thank God for these beautiful gifts that he's given to me. Amen. Well, Father Wilkay, always a wonderful 30 minutes when we get to chat with you. Thanks again so much for checking in with us, and we look forward to oh, having you. you on future programs as well. Thank you, Tim, and thank you, audience, as well. And take care now. Happy New Year. All right, thanks so much. That's Father Shannon Wilkay from Human Life International. When we come back after the break, this year's spiritual director, director for the Fargo March for Life. You're listening to Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 